0: This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Is going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Hope everybody's doing well. Episode 105 of BD4. Going to talk a little Yanks and, you know, obviously going to talk about the Chinese virus and then obviously get into a couple other things. Actually, we have uh, later in the show, um, in a few minutes, really, uh, we're going to have a we had an interview just a couple hours ago with Anthony Albert, who is a police officer down in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. Anthony is my cousin. Um, not too long ago was uh, who, how we, uh, ugh, not too long ago where he entered the police force. So, so we're going to have an interview with him kind of a little bit out of our element, obviously not really going to be about sports um, the second half of the show or um, anything like that. We're just going to have, you know, because there's nothing really going on. Uh, we've kind of covered a shit ton lately on the podcast. So there's, we're running out of ideas. So I figured I'd interview my cousin, uh, Anthony Albert, a police officer down in Virginia, and just to see what life is like um, for the police force, you know, in Virginia right now, and just during the coronavirus, what how things are, how different they are versus how they are now. And we really just talk about other things in the police force as well, not just during the virus, just what life is like as an officer today, um, you know, how he copes with certain things, uh, the strengths, the weaknesses of his, um, you know, of his job, and really just dove into what life is like in law enforcement. Because, you know, I guess we dove into this just because I want to give a little more respect to law enforcement today. I feel like they don't get enough respect with all that's going on. But also, we just you know it was just random because we felt like there's nothing else to talk about. What is there to talk about with the Yankees? What is there to talk about with the Knicks? We've kind of covered a whole bunch of Knicks lately. Um, we're gonna have a show on episode 106, which should be released um, early, early Saturday morning, um, where we talk about we're gonna talk Yankees and Knicks with Ryan, uh, who's a diehard Yanks and Knicks fan, and um, we'll get to that in the next show. But for tonight. We'll start off by talking a little bit MLB, a little bit Yankees, and then we'll get into the interview in just a bit. But yeah, guys, thank you for stopping by, you know, Rob Carbone doing episode one Oh five of BD four, where there is no better way to get your Yankees in Knicks analysis. Um, If you guys haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do it on all of our different platforms. You know, Spotify, YouTube, Google, SoundCloud, Apple, iTunes. Um, Just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, and that'll take you to everything you need to see. You know, it'll bring you to everything that uh, you need to, uh, you know, see. So, I feel like I worded that incorrectly, but... (laughs) You know the deal. Go to my description. Uh, go into the description, or if you're watching the video cast on YouTube, it should uh, you know show you where to follow me, how to subscribe to the podcast, and all that shit. But you know, Major League Baseball a couple weeks ago now um, kind of released a proposal, or they're thinking about playing in Arizona with no crowd um, and seeing how that whole thing works out. I'm not fully against it. I'm not fully for it. Obviously, I want to see baseball. I'm just gonna wait. Really. I'm not going to have a, a big opinion on that until, just to see what happens. Until down the line, we'll see what happens. But you know, it's in my. I will add that in my, in my opinion, it's something that could either really, really benefit the game of baseball or really, really be reckless to the game of baseball because, you know, obviously dealing with uh, a serious virus here that is contagious. So you know, this could infect you know this this could affect a lot here if the yankees are just if anybody any player on any baseball team really gets this virus during the season and you know it's a domino effect it's just teammates get it um you know the opponents get it even just you know where they're staying hotel staff bus drivers will get it you know it's it's there it's very very risky in that aspect um so that's something to think about. Obviously, having no fans is just very odd to me. It's very, um, obviously it's very unconventional. It's you know, having fans, you know, is what baseball is about, right? That's what baseball is. Um, that may sound cliche, and you could say that for any any other sport, but I feel like baseball in general is all about the crowd and, and having no crowd or having, you know, they were talking about having like some um cardboard cutouts I swear to god I saw that somewhere it just wouldn't be weird it would be really weird imagine just a big hit late in the ninth and just crickets you know that to me I just I'm not sure about how how this whole thing is going to shape up if they do end up playing you know in Arizona with no crowd or something like that that just that's weird to me as well And there are a couple things to it, but then you look at the positives where if everything does go as planned and they can get this thing going sometime late, mid-May in a perfect world, then that'd be beneficial because there's nothing else on TV, right? Sports fans are looking for something to watch right now. Trust me. I've seen it. You've seen it. We are dead bored right now. And I think if you put baseball on, you know, it won't be just that that dying boring slow sport people will tune in just because it's something and maybe that could help expand the game of baseball a little bit so i think that's a positive aspect of this whole thing um and it's a big one too it it could definitely draw more attention to the game and who knows guys but overall i think just have to see how this whole thing pans out um also I do want to add that if it is something that happens it's not going to be a traditional baseball season in any kind of form. You know that whole thing is over with. We're not getting a 162 either. That's another thing I want to bring up. Probably, you know, mid-May, that sounds like what. First of all, that sounds optimistic. Let's just say June. Um and if that happens then we're not going to get 100 games or something like that. We'll get lun- uh, under 100 games if we're going to start in June or even late May. It's probably going to be something you know, right under that. And is that really a, um, a large enough season to consider legitimate, right? Because baseball is all about that marathon, that, that dog fight, that grind. And I feel like it's such a hot and cold game where the fucking Baltimore Orioles of all teams could go on a, you know, eight game win streak and, and, and end up being a playoff team late in the, late in the year because of their hot streaks. And, you know, in 80 game sample size, what if somebody like the Marlins or the Orioles are, you know, somehow 42 and 40 or whatever, and they end up, it's, you know, it's so different because with a normal baseball team, uh, with a normal baseball season, if you're 42 and 40, you have plenty of time to kind of regress to the mean, and, and the Orioles can go back to being that putrid 42 and 100, whatever, you know, but now, you know, you might, they might be able to find, you know, a rhythm at the right time because it's so short. So you never know. You, you're going to have a lot of, potentially have a lot of upsets um, that could happen here. It's going to be bizarre because the home run winner, the home run leaders will have, what, 30 home runs tops. And, you know, the the, the division, <laughs> division leaders will have somewhere, I don't know, 60 wins or something like that. So it's going to be totally bizarre to see a season like this shape up. Um, But it is what it is. At this point, I think, again, fans just want something. They just want to see baseball out there. And whatever happens, happens. As for the Yankees, I'm not going to complain if they they do end up winning at all. That's far from now. But if, say, something happens where the Yankees, there is a season and the Yankees succeed from, from the beginning of the year to the end of the playoffs and they win that World Series, it is what it is. It's going to feel a little weird to me. But what are you going to do? And that's it doesn't feel legitimate to me, but it is what it is. There's literally nothing we can do about it at this point And a winner will be a winner, no matter how much emphasis you want to put on the season being shortened or the season not being legit. I think it is what it is. And unfortunately it's, Hey, if you could put an asterisk next to that, but not the Astros. Then, oh man, that, that's something to think about there. That's another thing, man. The Astros kind of got off fucking scot free here where, you know, everybody was kind of shitting on them for a while and then this whole thing happened with the virus and now they're just pretty much getting all free and it's like, shit. If a season happens, everybody's just going to be thinking about baseball and just be happy to get back on the field. And it, we're kind of ignoring this whole Astros scandal that went on and it was a big deal. Um, Namfred did shit about it. And now it's just going to be even lessened with all that's happening and the distractions around the game. So whatever kind of a fucking weird rant by me there that for 10 minutes I don't I don't have a script in front of me usually usually I'll have some notes but tonight um the episode is just going to be mainly me and uh, my cousin Anthony Albert who I interviewed um talking about his job which is he's a police officer he is in law enforcement in case you missed at the start of the show he is in law enforcement um down in Chesapeake Virginia um and he's you know we just talk about what life is like as a cop and what life is like as a cop right now during the virus and everything that's going on. So we talked for about 15 minutes. I'd say it was a good, uh, good conversation. It actually took us, it took us about six or seven tries to, to, you know, six or seven takes to get this thing done because we're two people who we're you know, he's one of my best friends in life. And we never take each other seriously. We're always, you know, screwing around and, we never take each other seriously, so it took, it was a little, a little bit interesting, a little bit odd, I guess, to, um, to interview him, and both of us having to have straighter faces, it was just weird, you know, it was more of a interview than just us screwing around, so it took us a while to, to get, to get our shit straight, and, uh, not, not fuck around, so, hey, I might release a couple of bloopers when I do, uh, put the podcast up, so that'll be something fun, but, um, guys thank you so much for tuning in to bd4 Got kind of a shitty first dozen minutes didn't really talk about anything interesting kind of just rambled and rambled um felt like i talked too fast but <laughs> yeah that's that's gonna be it for me i hope you guys enjoy this video that's gonna come up an interview sorry that's coming up with anthony albert if you're watching the uh podcast on youtube thank you if you're listening to the podcast on the you know, dozen plus other platforms thank you as well um Go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, click on the uh, option called Outlets, and that'll take you to a page that displays all the information you need to know, you know, where to subscribe to the podcast, to the blog, and how to find me on social media as well. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Rob Carbone with episode 105, Yanks, Corona, and Law Enforcement Talk with Anthony Albert of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, guys, we're going to get to that um, interview in just a sec, but we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll head into it. All right. Hey, guys, just want to make sure, if you haven't yet, please go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com there should be a little option called outlets on that front page click on outlets and that will take you to a page that displays all of my information my social media outlets how to subscribe to my blog and how to subscribe to my podcast on the many different platforms we have so once again guys go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com All right, guys. So we are here with my cousin, um, one of my best friends in life, Anthony Albert, who is a police officer down in what uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. Chesapeake, yep. And thanks for coming on, man. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, but obviously, there's nothing to talk about right now, sports related. So I figured we'd change it up here on BD4, and um, I don't know, I'll just talk about what life is like in the uh, police force during coronavirus and during everything that's going on.
1: So um, so, people obviously have been told to stay home, and businesses are closing around us. So, it, I mean, it's different. We're, we're limiting our contact with people using protective gear, like gloves and masks. And, you know, people are definitely getting irritated. Like, the, the level of falls are going up. People are definitely not happy. They're uh, yeah. yeah. You never know what you're going to walk into anyways. But now, <laughs> now it's expected. People People aren't going to be happy when they see you.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say it's probably really weird, just awkward if anything. Um, yeah. But uh, how long have you been? I know you. Just, it wasn't too long ago where you just got into the job, right?
1: Yeah, I started the academy uh, in 2018, um, and then, um, and then I went on the street uh, that fall. So I've been on the street for about two years.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, would you say just in general, not just like currently, what is your favorite part of the job overall?
1: Uh, Overall is every, you know, when every day you come to work, it's always something different, you know? So you never get like bored or tired of what you're doing. And me personally, I just like to, I like to, you know, go out there criminal activity and stuff, keep myself busy, you know? Um, And, you know, meeting new people, meeting people that like you. If you ever get that opportunity,
0: right. Speaking of people that like you, do you feel like do you feel like um, officers today get enough respect and recognition really from society, or do you feel like it should be something that's you
1: know a little out there more, um, deserve a little more respect? It's a good question. So there, there's two sides. There's people who all the way like the police, and then there's people who hate the police. There's no like middle. So, you're either going to find someone who really likes what you do and is thankful, or you're going to find someone who doesn't understand and just hates you for wearing the badge. You know, there's no middle ground, you know.
0: I definitely agree. I always see, like, just in in my own experience, just, you know, living life, I always see how, um there's just two, there's one side and there's another side. There's no middle ground. It's just, yeah. and that sucks. you, know? you kind of want more respect in that aspect, but, um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, we appreciate everything you do, man. And I, hey, good, know, man. I couldn't be prouder I to it. have, hey, I to have you as a cousin, be somebody who works in the law. It's just awesome. Um, so your favorite part of the job is just to meet new people. You said, um, what would you say is not that something you don't like, but what was your least favorite? Something you feel like, uh, I don't know. You need to work on or something that's hard or difficult. Um, you know, being in the
1: force. Um. So when you do your reports and stuff, like there's, it's a, it's a lot of times where you might miss something, and it's the paperwork aspect is probably everybody's least favorite thing. Yeah, it's a lot of paperwork. Uh, depending on how your night goes, too. You know, whatever you decide to get into, there's always going to be paperwork coming with it. So. Um, you know, there's that. There's going to the same house constantly, same call. You know what we would call problem house. Like you, rec- you start to like get familiar with some addresses and some like calls and stuff. So like that, that can that can wear on you pretty quick. When when you try to help, you know, a certain situation, they just don't want to listen.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that gets difficult, and yeah, I'm sure you, know, you have a lot of that. um so it it gets tiring i guess and it's just that's probably that's definitely a good answer i i I would agree with that um now are there like in terms of personal strengths and personal weaknesses would you have absolutely do you have what's your biggest strength we'll start with that and then we'll go to the weakness
1: um my biggest strength is uh definitely my jiu-jitsu background um it helped me through the academy it helps me when i'm on the street uh definitely something every law enforcement officer should have you know it it could definitely save your life or keep you out of uh, being on the news the next day for something that you could have handled differently Um, the biggest weakness I would say is uh, adjusting to like high volume calls when your adrenaline starts to really kick in it kind of messes with your thinking a little bit you got to kind of Tell yourself to just bring it down, just kind of pray through it. So, like, there's certain there's certain calls and situations you go to, and, like, you, you start getting that heart rate up, and it, it's, you know, it's like a fight-or-flight kind of thing, you know? That's definitely something that's hard to get used to. Right. The unknown, right. really. Um, like, the unknown is probably one of the hardest things.
0: Right. You mentioned uh, your jiu-jitsu background. How long have you been doing that for? Because I know you've been, shit, you've been doing that for forever.
1: Eight years. Yep, eight years this month.
0: That's definitely gotta help with yeah with what you're doing right
1: now. That is good, man. It's definitely um, definitely essential.
0: Do you um trying to figure out uh here we go. I'm trying to get set up. Um how you know how do you get along with like the different personalities around the job? Are there different are there like
1: Oh yeah. There's is, there's, is there's just, a lot of personalities. Yeah. Basically you just find the personality that you can work with and uh you basically hang around that person the whole shift, honestly. Um, if I don't have a good connection with someone's personality, I just, you know, tend to do my own thing. But uh you wanna work around you know you're on a squad, so you have your squad mates, you you know, you tend to just draw towards the person who you get along with the most. Kind of like you have a partner, even though we ride solo most of the time.
0: Okay, yeah, I was going to ask that next. So you, you don't have, like, a specific partner? You guys just A specific do- partner, not
1: not in patrol, but, I mean, they let you ride double sometimes. But, you know, you go to other units in the department, and then you start getting partners and stuff. But where I'm at right now, no, I don't have a partner. Okay, I got
0: you. So your hours are, like... You you told me you were late night, overnight or
1: Yeah, so right now I'm on midnight shift, so that's from eleven thirty at night till eight in the morning and that's for a whole year. And then generally it's uh days and evenings they switch every week. So
0: wow
1: yeah, yeah,
0: a whole year like that?
1: Yeah. So It's rough. Uh,
0: have you ever worked like normal time? Like during uh, the day do you ever work?
1: So once in a, like, every eight weeks or every four weeks or whatever. It's, it's eight weeks. If you're on day shifts, you'll uh, occasionally get a Monday through Friday, like, uh, rotation. And then you get two days off. Or actually, after day shift, is three days off. That's why it switches a lot, because you go from five on, two off, five on, three off. So, you know, you just constantly go through the cycle. So, you know, more, m- more or less, I'm working weekends. So...
0: What do you prefer,
1: day or night? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. So I like daytime because I can see better, obviously, for my safety. And, like, when I'm doing stuff, it's just easier to see. But nighttime as well, uh, you don't have to deal with a lot of stuff in the daytime, like heavy traffic or uh, certain businesses that are open and stuff. So I like both for different reasons. Uh, midnight shift is a different animal, but I like it. It's just it's hard to get used to.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely, man. We appreciate what you guys do, and um, so I don't know if if you have anything else to add. We're about ten minutes in, but um, I feel like I should have asked. I had something else I wanted to ask you. I don't know if it was written down.
1: Um, talking about that. I don't know, man. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, do you have any friends that want to be police officers? Like I was
0: gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of trying to be police officer. They, you know, in my in my um, from who I grew up with, and I guess I, I, I forgot to ask you this. I want to know what your um, what if you had have you had any experiences that you could take as a positive or any emotional experiences on the job that have impacted you?
1: Absolutely, in a positive
0: aspect or anything that you you know that you hold on to and remember all the time.
1: Yeah, so like this is recent. Um, I had to go to court. For this person who I had, you know, a couple issues with, we'll just say that. Uh, uh-huh. I ended up just, you know, easing off on him in court. And, uh-huh. you know, from the area that he lives in, you know, definitely that area is not pro-police at all. Um, you know, you have your communities that are, but where, where he lives in, generally, no, it's not pro-police. And, you know, after after we got done with court, you know, he, he, he kind of asked me to be his mentor. Like, he wanted me to keep him out of trouble and stuff. And, you know, he actually, like, that. that's definitely one thing that I will always remember is, like, changing somebody's, like, way of thinking and heart, how they think. You know, we started getting into Christian stuff. And, you know, I was telling him I would pray for him and stuff. And then for him to, like, where he's from, for him to look at a police officer as a mentor is rare so like i felt like that was something special to me and you can't take those moments back like and you can never forget those and that's just one of the many things i love about the job honestly
0: absolutely and i think you you bring up a good point because a lot of people you know when, when police are involved in things they look at it as like a, a negative aspect i think like they're just you know we're we have to th- we have to remember there you, you guys are all just trying to help and. A lot of people today just look at it as more of an enemy thing, you know, but when you guys are just trying to help, if you just get along with the police and just, you know, do what they say, really just do what they say and try to learn from what they're telling you. I understand there are some bad people out there, but the majority of you guys are just so wonderful and you do such a great job. And I think people need to uh, realize that more than
1: they do. Well, people... People are, like, viewing us from, like, an outside perspective. Like, not, nine times out of ten, when we come to their house or we get a call, it's, I mean, it's not for a good reason. So they're already amped up. They're not thinking straight. They think that just because we're there, automatically somebody's going to jail or we automatically think somebody's a bad per. Like, no, I mean, we're there to investigate stuff, solve problems, and uphold the law was what we're sworn in to do it's not that we 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 definitely don't like this divide in society with cops and citizens it shouldn't be it should be all one you mess up you mess up i mean you break the law you break the law it is what it is i've never judged somebody for breaking the law even if i've had to arrest somebody i always treat them like a normal person and i tell them i'm not mad like i'm not mad at you because it's the truth you got to and that's for the police side i think people need to do more of is looking at people like human beings and being a different experience for them maybe if they've had a lot of run-ins with the police like you have you have a chance to be that one different cop you know that they may have never knew existed in their mind
0: right Uh, definitely man um yeah, again, man, I want to thank you for everything you're doing. And I know in a time like this, it's so mm-hmm. different um, and just bizarre. And I hope that you can continue to keep what you're doing at a very strong rate and just keep it up, man. Uh, thank you for coming on. We're about 15 minutes in. So,
1: yeah I, appreciate um, it, man. yeah, I
0: appreciate you having you on, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Anthony Albert, guys.